It's a hard question to answer. At any given day, there's like five games in my top three, but I think so. Yeah. If I have to think about, if I'm going out once a week, right, and I'm going to be at the game store once a week, every week, week in, week out, there are three games that I am going to want to play most when I go out on any given Wednesday. The other side is going to be one of those three games for sure. Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul, and I do not play collectible card games. Uh, hi, my name is Kevin, and I thought I didn't play collectible card games. And this is Potter, and I have no idea what tap mana means. <laughs> <laughs> the hell you don't. But I'll the hell it. I don't. No, I do. Sadly, I do. <laughs> not sadly, but I know. All right. Well, welcome back, dear listeners, after a brief hiatus. Uh, brief. Um, we're, so we're <laughs> back and we're, we're doing this thing again. Uh, and we're actually going to come back because I think, and I, I should have asked them this before, but we are two out of three vaccinated or three out of three now. Uh, I got one more shot left. I'm All one right. of two. So, so we are, we are 33 and a third vaccinated. <laughs> no, no, we're more than that. Right. Because you, you got the one shot. I got two of my shots. So I know. I was just trying to make a naked gun joke five. badly. The, anyway, <laughs> oh, we're, we're uh we are vaccinated now uh basically (laughs) so we are looking now very seriously at the end of this tunnel and coming out of the end of the tunnel i had this idea that we should record a series of episodes called aftermath hype um because we had the before times and then we were you know in the shit for a while and now we're looking at the aftermath of covid and since we're going to be coming out of lockdown and people are getting vaccinated and it's actually looking like we're seriously going to be playing some games soon we want to talk about the games that we're most excited about. Um, and we're going to be taking this as an interview format. So uh, week on week, we are going to be selecting games that one of the three of us is excited about. And then the other two are going to be interviewing the most excited. Now, b- because some of us are going to like, you know, like Infinity, we're all excited about. But right. I would say it's Paul or Chris that's most excited. Probably Chris. I think so. Well, right now, definitely with the MO stuff that just came out, there's the hype level for me right now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so Chris would be the person answering the questions. Uh, it's going to be the same questions or, or close to the same questions every week. Um, and this week, we're going to start with the other side. Uh, and it will be me answering the questions this week. So you will hear questions from Paul and Chris, and I will be answering them with regards to the other side by Weird Games, because this game... I am hyped beyond belief to get back into game stores and play. I can't believe actually that this is the first one we're doing because if you had going into quarantine, if you had said one of the first games that you're going to talk about when things are starting to look better is the other side, I would not have believed you. Yeah. COVID was weird, man. It's been a weird year. It has been weird. It's It's been a very bizarre weird because I don't know that the game that I'm thinking of as being my hype game anybody necessarily would have predicted either so and i i think that um the answer to why that is will come up like the the 
that that the reason that the other side is is becoming a game that I'm going to be very excited about playing is actually going to come up in the answers to the questions that we have planned. So great, cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Right. Well, let's kick it off, guys. Kev, break down uh, toss for us. What is you know you've got a 10 minute elevator speech to give somebody break the game down. Go. 10 minutes. Am I in the gas Where the hell are you going? <laughs> 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 the, Jesus. The elevator, we, you know, Aerosmith is playing. All right. So I'm in the Willis Tower. I'm in the Willis Tower and we're riding all the way up and I get to tell you about the other I got, side. I got I to gotta give a very North Carolina specific joke here, but it's 10 minute elevator rides when Sherry Berry retires. Oh, God. <laughs> I got nothing. I can't even laugh because I don't understand the joke. So... So the other side uh, is Weird's company-scale war game. We all know Malifaux, the skirmish size game. So, you know, four models to ten models. The other side takes a much bigger uh, model count. It's uh, 45 to 70. Up, You can get up to 80, maybe a few more models. That's much more in line with a game like Song of Ice and Fire. So if you're familiar with painting that number of models, that's more what you're going to be doing with the other side. Uh, gameplay on the other side is alternating activations. Uh, you play on a four by six foot table and your activations in this game are full units rather than single, uh, models on the table. And a unit is essentially a, uh, it's anything from a single model to multiple fire teams. And the most common fire team that you'll see is a small fire team, which is three. It's that you have three 80 mil bases and each 80 mil base has three 30 mil socketed inside of it. So you've got nine models in your average fire team uh, on three separate bases. And when you give a fire team an order, all three of those bases get to act independently. So if you took the action that allowed you to move and take an action, two of your models could move and shoot and the other one could move and capture an objective. And so that flexibility within the system uh, opens up this huge decision space. Uh, and this is all within a rule system that still uses Weird's patented fate deck. Um, so you'll be flipping cards as your randomizer and using that standard array uh, rather than using um, dice. Uh, but it also uses those uh, great resource management mechanics that Malifaux is famous for in that you can have a hand that you'll be managing uh, and also a variety of tokens and status effects, uh, the, primarily being your uh, tactics token, which is very, very, very valuable in the game. And, and basically what happens is you have a system, a rule system, and I, th I think the, the coolest thing is it's, it's like, a rule system that's uh, lighter weight than Malifaux, but still carries very heavy decisions. And that's, that's I think, my good elevator pitch for the other side. Follow-up question to that. So go, the, I think you laid out the game in uh, a, a really well-concise way. Uh, what is the thing that's going to get... The mechanic-wise, what like obviously you said the the card the fate deck is the same as Malifaux. People coming from Malifaux, you know, how are they going to be able to relate to this game? Uh, is there going to be a way for them to to look at this, you know, in a in a similar way oh, outside sure. of the fate yeah. deck? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, a lot of the conventions and the, the things like cheating fate uh, and the things that are familiar to in Malifaux are going to feel familiar. A, a Malifaux player is going to be able to pick up the other side very quickly. Um, there are some core differences, like in the other side, uh, the attacker always cheats first rather than the person who's losing the duel. So that's a small change. Um, and the rules for the jokers are slightly different. Um, but a, a lot of the, the ways that the models behave and that, that the game's core systems are going to feel very familiar to Malifaux. So uh, a, 
a Malifaux player is a shoe-in for somebody who could play the other side. All right, cool. Uh, so I know I've gotten to play, I think, three or four of the beta uh, games uh, before it came out. Um, the the, to- the the order system, can you go over the little bit of that? Sure. Um, so when you're when it's your turn, you pick a unit to activate and you give it one of uh, a few different types of orders. One of them that I described earlier is the uh, advance order. So the advance order is an order to uh, move to basically to take an action and move. And uh, taking an action can be anything from interacting to uh, using one of the things that's on your unit card, which could be magic, it could be firing a gun, it could be a uh, tactical action. There's lots of different things you can do with that action. Uh, You could also uh, rush, which is a double move and melee attack. Um, And um, there is another one uh, that allows you to stay in place uh, to just take a single action and uh, it's, I think it's consolidated order and you get to you don't get to move, but you get to take one action with each each member in the fire team. And so basically uh, what you do is you choose the fire or the unit that you're going to activate and then each fire team in that unit gets to take the action uh, that you select um, or the order that you select. And so that's how it works. And and the really interesting and chunky thing about this game is figuring out what the best order to give each unit is. And especially as you're you're passing your turns back and forth, because it may seem like one of your one of your units on the left flank, the best thing to do with them is going to be to advance. But later in the turn, you may realize that advancing with them might not be the best thing for them to do. So figuring out what to do with and how to spend those orders is really important. All right. And uh, at launch or or presently right now, how many factions are in there in the game? Four. Uh, So you have two Earthside factions uh, being Abyssinia and the King's Empire. And then you have two Malifaux side factions being the Cult of the Burning Man and the Gibbering Hordes. Very cool. So I have a a question there for you. Uh, Are there plans? Do you know if there's plans for more factions or more models for what's already out there? Yeah, so there's a two-player starter box uh, planned, which uh, there are two also sub-adjunct factions, um, the the Guild and the Court of Two. And those two factions will have a starter box that will come out. And the starter box is going to be basically like a, a full – a one commander list, which is like a essentially like a small size game um, for either of those that you can you can then – mix and match those with the other factions that match them. So the Cult of Two or the uh, – the, whatever the order two will be able to play with either cult of the burning man or gibbering hordes and the guild side would be able to play with either abyssinia or king's empire and then we also know that um at least in the rule book um there were plans for a three kingdoms army which is uh china japan and vietnam and then also a kumon army which would be an oni army we don't we i don't know that there's any solid plans for release of those factions i do know that they have uh, at least there is artwork for the Kimon, and they are planning on bringing them into Through the Breach. So they're planning on expanding the lore to allow for an eventual other side release, but we'll see if that happens. Yeah, if I remember, they showed artwork for those and talked about them either Adepticon or Gen Con a couple years back before COVID. Yeah, it was at Gamma. Yep, in 2019. That, that's Gamma. That's what it was at. Cool. Paul, any more questions? All right, cool. So moving on to the next kind of subject we got uh, for Toss. Uh, what is the main appeal that Toss holds for you specifically? 
Yeah. So the, the main appeal of TOS for me is, um, the large scale game. I, ha- I, it's funny. When I started playing war games again, I started with, you know, Guild Ball and then moved into Malifo. And I, I kind of made a joke like, who wants to play army scale games like 40K? God, who wants to paint that many models? And it seems like, the further I get into the hobby, the more I'm attracted to those larger scale games that play on a, on, you know, at least on a more grander table and, and maybe a, a slightly different scale. Uh, obviously, Infinity and Malifaux are, are uh, exceptions to that. So is Marvel Crisis Protocol. But in general, the games I think about the most now are Kings of War, A Song of Ice and Fire, and The Other Side. Um, so the, the main appeal is that it, I, I really love the idea of a steampunk, uh, big army scale game. Like I want, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I watch, you know, 40 K players and I get jealous seeing those big behemoths, especially AOS players, right? Cause AOS has a lot more big showpiece models that you see on a regular basis. Like you see Nagash go down on the table or you see a great unclean one go on the table. And that shit is cool, man. Um, and so the other side lets you have that. Let's you have a big sprawling army and a giant battle to tell a story over, and you get to play with big stompy monsters and robots. That's a huge part of the appeal for me. Very cool. So what um what faction have you gone into? What what is they what appeal appealed to you for that faction and why did you go into it? Yeah, so I play the King's Empire. And the reason that I like the King's Empire is it's because I you know I re- like as a I, I don't, I hate to be like, I like World War One because nobody likes World War One. World War One sucked. Um, but I, uh, the mystique around the war and the, the like absolute brutality and the like modern technology with, with, uh, old tactics, like all that is fascinating to me. And, and having like this army uh, where maybe that they avoided that, right? This is like the British, the British army in their sort of World War, World War One fatigues, but like, kitted out with steampunk weapons and using soulstone technology. So they kind of like, they kind of got the jam, you know, they have a big stompy robot. They've got giant like artillery. They have dudes with grenade launchers. And I, I don't know. I just really like, and also it's a gun line and I very rarely play gun gun lines. So it's been really fun for me to experiment and actually get to know what playing a gun line is like. And it turns out I like it a lot. Gun lines are fun. I yep. I enjoy playing Signar as a gun line back in the day, so I get that appeal. Um, so w- is there any like specific mechanic of the game that 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 appeals to you? Um, like something that you know is very unique and specific to Toss. Like obviously, you know, Malifaux's got the Fate deck. Toss has got the Fate deck. I mean, is there yeah. something specific to Toss <laughs> yeah, that really I, draws you in? I understand the softball you're throwing, and I'm going to hit it. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. It's in the name of the game. So the cards and your unit cards in the other side all have two sides. They have the side they start on, and then every faction has a unique way that it. it it's what called going to glory. And when you go to glory, you turn the card over, the unit card. So they meet a specific condition, they get to go to glory, and they become more powerful on the glory side. Um, and that's, it's a really interesting mechanic, and it allows Weird to push and pull on a very specific lever for each faction, because every faction goes to, lo- goes to glory in a way that is beneficial to that army's play style. Um, so the, uh, example for the King's Empire is when they kill, when one of your fire teams kills an enemy fire team, the unit gets to go to glory. It's thematic that you're shooting army when they shoot dudes to death. They cheer about it, right? Right. And they get stronger. So that that's makes like sense. The, I think that would be the mechanic that's the coolest. 
Very cool. Paul, you got anything? So, so re- yeah, real, real quick. Um, what about uh, faction playstyles? I know you kind of talked about Gunline, but what about yeah? So, the rest of them? Um, every uh, all the armies actually like it, I, I hate to like break them down into their basics, right? But at the core of it, that's sort of where it is. Oh, but that's what that's that's kind of what I want. Like that that basic thought process of of what those guys are. Got it. Generally so, like. if you really, if you wanted to break it down into like the the core terminology that war gamers would know, uh, the King's Empire is definitely your gunline faction. Abyssinia is your elite faction. So, less units, heavier hitters. Um, the Cult of the Burning Man is the glass cannon, uh, and they really are. They are that is they personify that. They are hyper aggressive and brutal to play against. Um, but also are, you know, pretty easy to kill. Uh, and then you have the uh, Gibbering Hordes, which are the Horde faction, unsurprisingly. But in a very interesting twist, you don't need any more models to play them than you do the other factions. Because the way that the Hordes work in the Gibbering Hordes is that as models die and as as full units die, they're allowed to reinforce on your table edge in, in, in that way, simulating waves of creatures coming out of the ocean and the hidden waters uh, at their opponents. So it's like an endless, no matter what you do, you can never fully destroy them because they will always reinforce on the edge of the table. And figuring out how to deal with that is part of playing against the Gibbering Hordes, which are, again, the Horde faction. And it sucks. <laughs> it does not. It's, it's the res- kind of cool. Okay. Say the person playing Gibbering Hordes. <laughs> Yeah, no, you can you can actually game it pretty well. Like I one of my favorite things to do against gibbering hordes is keep them to one fire team. Like I'll let them reinforce to multiple fire teams because if you can keep them to having one fire team per unit, they can't reinforce the whole unit back on the table edge again. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are ways to play against it, but it's an it's a very interesting play style, and it allows for gibbering hordes players to play in a in a sort of like reckless way which they should right they're like hungry bugs and shit so that's what they should be doing no i agree i'm just giving paul shit <laughs> <laughs> well and you know one of one of the things there and 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 uh that you just got me thinking about there kevin and games in general is that you kind of got to understand that base concept of how the army is supposed to function and put your mindset in that when you play right so if oh, yeah, so you got to you got to embrace the the gunlininess of King's Empire or or the the horde aggressiveness, uh, whatever it is, you you have to take that on. You have to think like that in order to successfully play those factions. And and it, and it, the other side is really good about doing that too, and force and m- making you think within the framework of how your army is built and how your army works. It's very cool the way that that everything sort of works to that common theme. Like my one of my favorite examples of that is the King's Hand, which is the big stompy robot, mm-hmm. uh, has an ability on its glory side uh, that when it, it 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 has a kick right on its attack, and, and you can imagine this is like a seventy foot tall mech, right? And it has a, an ability, and if it kicks something, and if you kick it hard enough, every unit around the king the King's Hand goes to glory because they're so excited. They're just like. Oh shit! <laughs> you know, did you did you see how hard he kicked that thing? Yeah, yeah. The the you're you're right though. The theming in the game is is pretty incredible. It was very yeah, spot it's on. Really good. It's, it's, it's really because you, you just made me think of one of the things for the gibbering hordes titan, 
which is something I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's like screaming all the way. So basically it's taking the little guys that are crawling on it and just throwing it into, you know, a fire (laughs) team. And it's scaring the guys because this little thing came screeching at them. So screaming. So, you know, like if if you're thinking World War One aesthetic, you know, a, a random artillery shell screaming in. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, that, I hadn't even thought of it that in that context, but that's absolutely right. Cool. Uh, Paul, you got any other follow up questions? No, I'm 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 good on that. I've I've made lots of questions and comments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, when COVID's over, will you have a group of people to play there in Madison with you guys? Yes. And so this, I think, is going to answer that preliminary question that Paul said. Uh, or the, the curiosity that Paul said when he, he noted that at the beginning of this lockdown, he would have never guessed the other side would be a game that I was excited to come out of quarantine playing. And the reason for that is over going into quarantine, there were, I knew three people. Well, yeah, I knew three other people that had, uh, functional armies and one of them was motivated to pain play. Uh, today I know seven. And almost all nice. of them are motivated to pain play. Wow. That's good. That's very nice to hear. So picking up those additional players as we went through quarantine really helped step up my motivation to get the game painted and played. Um, plus one of my friends that's in my – like the only wargamer in my quarantine pod, Aaron, uh, bought a Cult of the Burning Man army and came over and we played a two-commander Cult of the Burning Man game and both of us were like oh my god this game rules and it like really reinforced how good the game is and as a matter of fact that's the only game on my painting desk and it has been for the only for the last month it's the only thing i've been painting when i have been so wow um i'm super 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 hyped about it and do have a community to step right back into when we come out so that's good. That's good to hear. So you have a community, but what 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 do you think uh, the overall community is like for the other side currently? Um, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, dismal, right? It's a uh, it's a it's in a pretty sad state right now. Uh, the game came out at a bad time, and then right when Weird was getting ready to start promoting a two player box to reinvigorate it, this pandemic happened. So back into hibernation it goes. Like. I'm pretty sure that weird is sitting on a warehouse full of those two player starters right now, just cause they don't want to double, like they don't want to basically put this game into a crap environment twice in a row. Right. Yeah. Like, the game launched into a less than ideal situation and they don't want to relaunch it into a less ideal situation. So the game is in a, it's in a scary place right now. I'm not going to lie to you, but you know, I've, I, I have a community to play with. So I'm one of the lucky ones where I'll be able to play this game. And hopefully, you know, one of those things, those magic things about the internet, I feel like anyway, is that a lot of times five people on the internet can sound like 5,000. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so if me and two other people from my community, and then there's a couple that, you know, three or four other people from other communities that are getting loud on a weird place. That could sound like multiple meta metas, big metas potentially. Um, and just that along with the two player starter could really like just sort of like pu- push the heartbeat back into this game. And I, I, I will point out one thing to help with it to what you're talking about. And I, you know, I hate to cut off, but the weird j- just uh, asked for beta testers 
for their app for their army builder for this game like that's right what two weeks ago so yeah, they, ha- have they you are had- looking to get people back into it and they are looking for engagement around it and um man i i know i'm excited i know that i love this game it's definitely one of my favorite miniature war games and i you know i will do whatever i can to promote the game locally uh did you sign up for the beta for the for the app I did not. I don't. Um, I don't think that I have the time nor the resources to dedicate to it. Um, at, like I had some serious family stuff going on when those signups came up, um, and I wasn't going to be able to to know whether or not I was going to have time, so I just didn't sign up. Cool. So, I mean, you've mentioned the the two player starter set a couple of times now. Um, so, if someone wanted to jump on into it after listening to this podcast, like, what do they need to do to to get into this game today, right now, start playing? Yeah, and it's actually a really good time to get into it because the commander boxes, which are what you need, are uh, generally um, pretty easy to find for a good price. Um, so what you need to start playing the other side is a commander box and you'll find the commander boxes. They, uh, there's one for each faction, then they have the commander's name on them. And what you get is everything for a one commander list. So you get a fate deck, you get a measuring tape, you get, uh, a couple sheets of tokens, and then you get all the models and bases that you need to start playing. And then the rules are available online. So, uh, plus, you get the cards, right? You get the cards for the units. So everything you need uh, to start playing. So if you had two players, each person would pick up a commander box and literally you glue the models to the bases and you go because they're pre-assembled. So it's just gluing them to the models and then you can start playing pretty much right away. And that's it. Can Can you go in a little bit more in depth what you mean by one commander box? Yes. So as you're playing the other side, you have um, two styles. I guess of playing the other side and it is a one commander game, which your commanders have a plus script cost in the upper right hand corner. Most commanders, almost all of them are 25 script. So what that means is you look at the other cards for models you would want to hire and each of them has a script cost for the full unit. And so a commander brings 25 script. So you hire 25 script worth of models or 25 points worth of models Two commanders often bring 50 scripts, so you're hiring twice as many models in. So a one commander game on a 4x4 four four is a, essentially a half-size game on a smaller table. Um, but the one commander games of the other side are very fun. So there's no reason not to just play uh, to buy the two um, commander boxes and start playing um, one commander boxes with your buddy on a 4x4. Four four. Very cool. Going into post-COVID, I mean, it, obviously, you know, you said you're pretty hyped for this game. You know, you, you see this in your top three games. It's a hard question to answer. At any given day, there's like five games in my top three. But I think so. Yeah. If I have to think about if I'm going out once a week, right, and I'm going to be at the game store once a week, every week, week in, week out, there are three games that I am going to want to play most when I go out on any given Wednesday. The other side is going to be one of those three games for sure. So I think, yes, I think it's, 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 it's hard, right? Because I feel like the answer to this question can like vary from week to week, depending on my mood. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it is legitimately, uh, it's like a top two of my top three. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Cool. Well, Paul, you got any other questions for him? Uh, no, I, 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 I think that covers everything. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't have any more questions. Cool. Fuck yeah. So 
my my main thing is go buy this game. It's cheap right now, you guys. Cheap. Um, you can like I bought I bought a whole unit box says forty five dollars on it. I got the box for eighteen bucks. <laughs> like you can. Uh, I, I bought a I bought a Abyssinia Commander box. I mean, I have King's Army as well too, but I, I'm buying into Abyssinia, and it's what a ninety dollar box, and I bought it for twenty five bucks. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and if they re- if they relaunch it, if they relaunch the game, you're not going to find the game at those prices again. So yeah. buy it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. It's real good. Real, real, real good. All right, Paul. Closing comments. Um. Yeah. Uh. The other side is a whole lot of fun. I I think Kevin's going to have a lot of fun playing it. To be honest with you. Cool. And and for me, like I, I agree with these guys. It, it is a ton of fun. Um. I've I've only gotten to play in the beta. I uh, didn't really get a chance to play after the Kickstarter got here. Um. But what I played was a ton of fun, and I'm already buying a second faction. So play the game. It's it's great. Let let weird know that there's life for this game, and so they can keep pushing it. Exactly. There you have it. So, uh, so thanks to our patrons. Uh, without you guys, like we would not be able to be here. We appreciate your support, especially you know the the past couple of uh, the weeks. Um, so, thanks to Static as a City for the awesome intro and outro music, and find us on the interwebs uh, on social media. Uh, three men in the war game. The number three not spelled out. So, there you go. Bye. Take an action, uh, move, and then if they didn't take an action before, take an action. Oh, guys, sorry. I think Wishbone and PJ want to take actions. Yeah, you guys, you guys couldn't hear it. I was like really yelling there for a second. That was so annoying that they like stole my thunder right in the middle. Like I have to start that whole fucking answer again. Oh, so amazing! I love your dogs. God damn it! All right. <clears throat> They're probably checking the retreat action now after Chops yelled at him. As a sidebar, I'm really excited because now you understand like why I get so excited about like oak and iron. And I'm like, yeah. boats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, for, for real. Boats. It's, yeah. it's true. It's, uh, it's so cool.